Dr. Amalia Ganyas Malka, welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us on the line today from Cape Town is Ms. Jane Raffaele, who is the chairperson of Associated Media Publishing. Publishers of Cosmopolitan, Marie Claire, House and Leisure, Good Housekeeping, and Woman on Wheels. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'd and like Happy to, New Year. Oh, Happy New Year to you too. I'd like to kick off the show with a couple of statements uh, that you'd mentioned in our previous show because I think they're very powerful in terms of the topic of our conversation today with regards to equality, with regards to a woman standing up for their rights. And one of them is gender equality is not just about numbers. It's about changing everything in this society for the better. You also said... I know from my background that you will only change and you will only succeed if you yourself want to change. And in the last year, six months, there's been a lot of news um, in relation to the way that women have been treated, the way that women have been represented. That's become increasingly more public. And one of the quotes from Glenn Close is where she says, I think it's unrealistic to say we are going to change, but we have to evolve. I hope this is a tipping point, and I hope it will represent a social revolution, evolution, evolution, end quote. So if you could please share with us some of your thoughts on this topic. Well... It's coming through on different floors now. It's no longer just a case of Hollywood, which has almost, in a way, monopolized the, the discussion and the development. And it has come out very clearly now in sport, which is interesting because, and hopeful, because when it comes to sport, the one thing that you can say is that men and women are equally interested in what you're saying. And, and the young sportswomen um, who were trained by the sports trainer Larry Nasser um, are not only finally going to get their justice when he is sentenced shortly for his sexual oppression of them, but they have reached a moment in their lives that they can break their silence because they have realized that it is not their fault that it happened. And I think that is the crucial change in abuse of women and children that is now going to make this not a year of complaint and plaint, but a year of action and correction and one that will fulfill that promise of never again. And in that role, I think that a lot of this is also from a, a media point of view. 
by creating greater publicity around these issues, it is spreading the word of the, the degree of sexual harassment that is taking place, but also the fact that as victims, your voice will be heard and that the people who are perpetuating this violence are having some form of punitive effort against them and punishment for what they're doing. Well, I think this is why men on internet who had seized upon it as the ideal method of bullying and oppressing women are starting to be afraid of women on internet. They didn't realize perhaps that this was something that was very different from a dark street and it is it is an, uh, a media which can become a woman's media, particularly if we use it properly. And also, we're seeing alliances, you know, that are forming. For instance, one of our magazines, Marie Claire magazine, is forming an alliance with the Businesswoman's Association to give a platform and an action plan to women heading up companies to jointly and together attack every problem and issue that holds women back. And so you'll begin to see a lot more aggressive um, media activity like yours where people are not talking about problems any longer. They're talking about the resolution of problems and co-opting and collecting other people, and not just women either, men as well, to be part of the solution instead of the problem. And I think that's a very important point that you raised, that that, I think, has been one of the biggest change drivers in the last few years, where, as in the past, it would be women largely speaking about women's issues to women, but leaving men off the table. And the reality is that in order to prosper in an equal society, we need to have both genders taking an active role and responsibility to attain equality. Well, I've, you've seen that on television in the last few days with the huge crowds of men and women in Pakistan gathering to bring about change and stop the young girls being murdered there um, it isn't it isn't just women it's it's the justice for women that requires men to be part of the delivery and that means good men and um, and there are many good men we've heard them speak up maybe we don't give them our platform often enough and in those platforms, there was the UN Women's Initiative of He for She, which is about inviting people around the world to unite, stand together, to create a bold, visible force for gender equality, and saying that it starts by taking action. It's not just about talking. And what I liked about that platform is that it's initially it says He for She, which automatically is saying we need men to be rising up and supporting women. And I believe that in their first three days of running the campaign in 2014, 
they had targeted to get 100,000 men and boys on board. And within the first three days, they'd already achieved that target. So I think that also conveys a lot of um, almost a sense that men want to participate in these types of initiatives and and say we're, we're here. And this has created a platform which allows them to do that. Well, it's a very good example of what needs to be done because unfortunately what has tended to perpetuate this in the past is that the exercise of power has tended to protect the people who should not have the power because they don't use the power to do good. They use it to do the opposite and to make life worse for people who they have the power to hurt instead of to help. That's very true. And one of the other things, I think, and that goes back to the the earlier quote from, from Glenn Close, is this issue of evolution. And one of the challenges I have with this is that it almost intimates that we're not going to have to breed this out of generations. It's not something that we can change our, ourselves, which is the view that I would like to see, but it's something which is going to take generations to achieve. And I think in, in part when we're looking at the, the differences between men and women, there's a lot of socialization that happens to form our identities. And men, as boys, they've always been told that men have to be tough. They have to be strong. They've got to be courageous. They've got to be domineering. You're not allowed to show emotions. And that almost contrasts with the the sugar and spice view of how little girls have to behave. And I think that that is also dynamic, which has to change, because that immediately puts women down and lifts men up. Yes, there's a study that shows that little boys and girls speak with equally loud voices until they are about four. And from then on, the voices of the women become softer and the voices of the men or the boys become louder. And that is, it's got nothing to do with their lungs or their vocal cords. It's got to do with training. And it, if it can be trained one way, it can be trained another. And I think that it's not enough to have a louder voice as well. What needs to be part of the discussion is what that louder voice should be talking about. And, um, and women have to be brave I think they have to be brave about what they're saying and when they're saying it and it, it's not we must stop thinking that men are going to give us permission to be who we are we have to give ourselves that permission and that is the only way it's going to happen and I think that is where it is dawning now and it was It's taken, as I said, from the start of the Me Too movement, 10 years to get to a never again Me Too movement. 
before that, it was complaint. Now it's action. And that is a, a really significant transition uh, that the culmination of that campaign has been taking place and now action is starting. And hopefully this is a tipping point that that we're in where it does cascade forward and it is a never again scenario. It definitely is a tipping point. I think that in a month or two, we may be even saying to each other, we called it tipping, but it's actually tipped. And now there's a stronger word than tipping that needs, you know, to be applied to it. It's action as opposed to inaction and complaint. Things are really happening. I think it's going to be a wonderful year. Well, I'm glad that you say that because I must say that every year I feel that we've got more and more opportunities. We have uh, more barriers that have been broken, which are paving the way to make life easier for subsequent generations of women to really live their lives to their full potential. Yes, it is there. It's just waiting to be taken. And... Um, and now we feel, I feel, and you feel, the change. Perhaps because we talked last year, we wouldn't have had this conversation at that time last year. And look what has happened since then. Absolutely. And I hope that this change continues in the direction that it is. It will. Today we're talking to Ms. Jane Raffaele, who is the chairperson of Associated Media Publishing. We would love to hear your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Hi, my name is Yvonne Takataka and I'm UNICEF and Rollback Malaria Goodwill Ambassador. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in the struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, a program against social ills such as racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amalia Balka every week on this day at this time. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31 meter band, also available on DSTV Channel 902. Today, we're talking to Ms. Jane Raffaele, who is the chairperson of Associated Media Publishing. In the previous segment of our conversation, we spoke a lot about some of the advances that have taken place within the last year, changes in society regarding movements such as the Me Too movements and looking at how we can overcome issues of sexual harassment in the workplace so that women are not exposed to these types of injustices and we can propel ourselves forward into a more equal society. Jane, there's been a lot of, of movements. We spoke briefly about He for She. Another movement that I think was quite powerful, also originated by the UN Women, is the Impact 10 by 10 by 10 initiative. And with those three tens, they've got 10 heads of state, 10 heads of corporations, 
and 10 heads of university. And within each of those stakeholder domains, there are specific frameworks which sets them about in terms of how they can address women's empowerment and gender equality. And I wondered again what some of your perspectives are by bringing together that almost uh, tri-alliance of universities, corporations, and governments to make change take place? So I would say that as women, what we should be doing more of right now is making it clear that these are the things that will not be acceptable in any future leader of this country. And maybe we almost need to frame a new statement um, stronger and more specific than the ones that already exist about the rights of people in this country. And it does start at the top. Leadership is important to almost have a, a drill-down effect from, from the top down on the correct methods of behavior or, or what is right and what is wrong because people live by example. And if the leadership <coughs> is not determined enough and directly responsible for the execution of the um, claims that a government is making to keep its, its subjects safe and secure and fulfilled, um, they have to take responsibility for everything. After all, the net effect of our bad government is that police here are so badly organized and serviced that when you phone them to report a crime, they ask you if you can give them a lift to the scene of the crime from their police station. They don't even have um, their own so it goes back to resourcing and looking at prioritization of what infrastructure is is resourced more adequately and I would and say that that should pertain to education, our police services, medicines and absolutely. You know, if, if the government and the person who heads the government has the intention to make every single person in the country safe and secure, um, they have to have the intention and make the intention real. Mobility, you know, it, it's basic. It, it, it's just such a horrible indication that it, that it isn't taken seriously. It is a critical area. Another global movement is the She Decides campaign. And I was quite intrigued by this movement. It started at the beginning of 2017. And its whole purpose is about being able to promote, provide, protect, and enhance the rights of girls and women. And it came about as the, in, in America, as I understand it, there is the Mexico City Pact and uh, actually the Mexico City Policy which was issued in terms of Republican governments as opposed to Democratic governments. And it essentially cuts back on funding 
to NGOs which are not part of, of the U.S. And that obviously has devastating consequences on NGOs that depend on U.S. support. But the great thing that has come about from this campaign is that they've now started to fundraise on a global scale to try to offset those types of, of losses so that women have got their opportunities, that their rights are respected and that their health clinics or medical facilities can still go on without being detrimental to them. Within the Associated Magazine stable, and you're, you're part of a, an international group with the titles that you publish, are there any other similar big movements that, that happen in the publications? Um. I don't have an answer for you for that offhand. Um, Marie Claire in particular and Cosmopolitan are, every time they find a glimmer of light, they shine more light onto it. But this particular organization that you, you've just talked about is so key because it's all about funding. And if you haven't got funding, you can't actually do anything. So I will go back to both of those uh, magazines and I will ask them to, to find out through their networks, because they both have international networks, um, if there are any new developments which are happening. And we'll feed them back to you as well as publicize them in the titles. Mm -hmm. And that would be great, and I think this is also part of the, our, our global community becoming smaller and, and localized where we've got these networks where we can really amplify important factors to stimulate the conversation and, and make corrective efforts. I know that one of the things that we're looking at is what has happened um, in Iceland now. It's one of the great developments what where it, it makes it illegal for men to be paid more than women. Yes. <laughs> it sounds so simple, but it's so important. And no to think, more argument, no more discussion. It's now illegal. And to think that that's only <laughs> happened in 2017 and only in one country. Well, it's a beginning. And once you have a beginning, a beginning can be catching. And we should perhaps take a vow right now that um, that's going to be one of the issues that as two, two media organizations, we're not going to stop shouting for it. I know that it's obviously not an issue within your environment because I think your, your composition of your workforce is 90% female, but it definitely is still a, a major issue around the world. Women on average are paid 23% less than their male counterparts. Yes. So it is a, a significant area. And one of the things that I attribute there is that perhaps in the same vein when we were speaking earlier about this issue of socialization that maybe women aren't being given the right type of advice with regards to how they engage in the workforce um, an area by um, a lady by the name of Susan I think it's uh, Colin Tuano she came up with a concept where she said that 
some of the advice that women are missing is that they are not business orientated enough, strategic orientated enough, and f possessing financial acumen to be taken seriously to advance their, their careers because there is this tremendous gap of women in senior leadership. And we're all taught about softer qualities, improving on confidence, being more self-assured. But these aspects that she raises of business strategy and finance are crucial to the success of any corporation. Yes, they are. And that is why Marie Claire is joining forces. With Business Women's Association. With BWA, the Business Women's Association. And, um, and I think that that will provide results. And also, it has um, an international implication because that is an international organization so that it is something that we can take forward to BWA in other markets, other countries, and see if we can make the ball in a roll bigger, harder, and quicker. And, um, and that can be applied, too, in other areas. Um, I was just thinking as we were speaking about medicine, as which... It's something that we have not looked at systematically to see to what extent women are in control of decisions, medical decisions that are made in our country, in our society, um, which may have implications for female development and, and the development of authority instead of just subjugation. And the only way that we can counter that, I believe, is through education, having information, and exposing issues. And again, it's about engaging with, with those dialogues so that you're not in a position, as you mentioned earlier, where those younger women thought that they were doing something wrong, and they weren't. They were just being taken advantage of. Mm. But if you don't have those dialogues and have those engagements, then people don't know. They don't know what's right. They don't know if, if this is the norm, even though it may be going against their internal moral compass, but it's about raising these issues and having that deeper conversation. Yes, and maybe we should be raising issues with our new leaders um, who have said that they have every intention of delivering a new kind of authority that the only kind of authority that is equally fair to men and women is for there to be equality in all those institutions for instance um, law and justice we still sit with situations where there are far fewer women judges than men and far fewer um, people in senior positions in education. And if I went down the whole line, I could, you know, without even being able to give you the figures right now, but maybe we need to prove it. Maybe this is what the media should be doing, 
is not just making the statement like that, but proving the, I've made a note to myself, prove the inequality. Well, the numbers are there when we look at organizations uh, like the local, um, I suppose, Charter of Business Women's Association in South Africa. They used to do an annual census. And on average, women in terms of managerial positions were only at around about 22%. And when we looked at the level of CEOs, it was shocking at a figure of only 3.6% of JSE-listed companies had female CEOs. So the <laughs> empirical data is, is definitely there. And we also recognize that we've got to somehow change this dynamic of women being stuck in the middle of the pyramid and mm. getting up to the top. Mm. On board as well. I, the last time I looked at those numbers, it's several years since the research was done. And um, I think that's something that BWA can go back to their sponsors and to um, specify that this, year, this must be the year when that research is done again. Yeah. And not just announced as a figure at the end of the year, but um, announced with an intention attached to it. And on that intention, I would argue that uh, these are figures that are just reported, but what action are companies going to take to participate in transformation and to, to change the, the status quo? Mm. Because if they don't take action, things will continue as they are. Yes, I think that the inaction or the action needs to go right back to the beginning, to the education system itself. And maybe the organizations who we are now challenging to put women in equal positions of authority, we have to challenge them to challenge the situation that does not perhaps give them as many graduates with as many qualifications in as many subjects as they need to justify their appointments. It, it isn't enough to say, oh, this is terrible and we must do something about it. One has to be specific, I think, about what you do to make change come about. It's been done in other countries. We do, we're not short of good examples. We, what we're short of perhaps is powerful pressure to make this country follow those examples. I think that is again another really strong point. We are unfortunately coming to the end of the show. If I can please ask you in closing out today, if you could share a few words of, of wisdom or inspiration, um, particularly as describing 2018 as a year of taking action for women to challenge those inequalities. Yes, I would love to share the feeling that I have at my advanced age and stage <laughs> and having been in the business of being in women's media for so long that change is actually possible and 
maybe I could even say probable, so that when we meet again, we will be rejoicing instead of complaining. I sincerely hope that. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, it's, it's a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective on frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band. Today, we have been talking to Ms. Jane Rafaeli, who is the chairperson of Associated Media Publishing. <laughs>